Welcome to Conservative Patron Nation, new members and returning members. Today we have another special show for you with a very, very special guest, someone that had a protocol during the pandemic and he saved many lives. He took action. He did not sit and wait. He did not listen to all the lies from the mainstream media and he took action and he helped people. And for you guys that don't know, he put it all in one pure pill form. It's Z stack, Z stack. Uh, we have that on our pin post. And if you type in CPN, you'll get 5% off. And now I would like to present to you guys, Dr. Zelenko. Thank you for joining us today, doctor. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm going to give you the floor for 20 minutes and then we'll go into Q and a, can you tell us what activated you to get so far involved to, to saving lives and, and figuring out a solution to shutting down something that, you know, some, some people put upon humanity. And if you can go into what activates you to figure out a solution to help, help those that were in need. I didn't choose COVID that chose me. And what I mean by that, I'm a family physician. I was in upstate New York. Um, I serve a community that 35,000 people, that live within a square mile of each other, very high population density. And in the first week of March, uh, 2020, COVID arrived and spread to everyone. And I found myself in the middle of, a, of the largest outbreak of COVID in America. And there was no treatment. The only thing the government was saying is give people Tylenol, send them home when they get sick, send them to the hospital, they'll get on the respirator and 85% of the people on the respirator would die. So that didn't seem like a pretty good approach to me. And so I really prayed to God because I didn't know what to do. I had, uh, usually I would see 50 patients a day. We had over 250 in my office. Half my staff was sick. Um, the blood draw and radiology services were closed. The hospital was at near capacity. And it was a mass casualty event, essentially. And I had to triage and I didn't even know how to do that. So I came up with a clever idea I called the um, emergency, the intensive care units, the hospitals near me, and I asked them, uh, the doctors there, which patients are dying. And they said, well, it's the elderly patients and those with medical problems. Then I said, well, how about the younger people or healthy people? They said, we're not seeing them. And so I, I heard the same thing from several intensive care units. So I went to my office and sent home two thirds of the patients. In other words, I started triaging. I started picking out, selecting out high risk patients. That's called risk stratification. And then another thing that I did, which I think is common sense, is treat people right away. It took seven days to get the test results at that time. So if I thought a patient had COVID and I would do the test and send them home without treatment, wait a week until a test came back positive, the patient was half dead already. So that didn't make sense to me. So I, what I decided to do, was I would do the testing, but I would also use clinical judgment and common sense. So if someone came to me and said, listen, my wife has COVID. I have flu-like symptoms. I can't taste or smell. And their flu test is negative. And they have COVID. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Why do I need a piece of paper or test to tell me that? So I would not wait. I would treat people right away. And how would I treat them? Well, I looked around how other um, countries had tried to do it, and specifically South Korea and, and, and France. But I saw a video from uh, on YouTube, Medcram episode 34, Dr. Schultz. And in that video, uh, Dr. Schultz described 
uh, how zinc ionophores together with zinc uh, are effective in suppressing RNA virus replication. In other words, it was describing an interesting way of how to stop the virus from spreading. So I said to myself, okay, this is World War III essentially because uh, everyone's fighting the same enemy. No one has an answer. Uh, it's absolute chaos. The economies are in shutdown mode. I said, this time it's war, war footing. I'm going to change the way I practice medicine. You know how the Marines say, right? Improvise, adapt, overcome. So basically, I, I, I said, okay, let's let's try, let's try something, because otherwise I had nothing to offer, and I did. I can't tell you. I, from the moment I started doing that, within six to twelve hours, my patients' breathing started improving, and I didn't believe it either. By the way, I, I said, oh, this is anecdotal. It's whatever. You know, I couldn't see, I couldn't believe what I was saying. But you know what, after 50 patients seeing the same thing over and over again, I realized that I had stumbled upon with divine grace, uh, probably the most important information in the history of information, because we had a global pandemic. The whole world was absolutely locked down in fear. There was no hope. If you listen to the media, it was doom and gloom, myself included, by the way. And just to stumble across something that seemed to make a big difference. So. I felt like an enemy soldier that, I mean, I felt like a soldier that stumbled across an enemy map and the map had all the positions of the enemy soldiers. So I needed to get that information to the five-star general. So with the help of my son, we made a YouTube video. I never made a YouTube video before. And it was addressed to President Trump and I sent it out there. And 16 hours later on my cell phone, I get a, a phone call from Mark Meadows, the president's chief of staff. And I wouldn't believe this, except that it actually happened to me. And he asked me why I needed to speak to the president. I told him what I was seeing. He was very interested. I had their contact information. Every day I was giving them updates. And then um, uh, Rudy Giuliani called me, and I did a podcast with him. And that podcast went absolutely viral. Millions of people saw it. And my life has never been the same, for good and for bad, since then. That's how I got involved in it. Wow. You know, I recently uh, <clears throat> seen an interview with you and, and what many of us have talked about is when we hear about cryptocurrency, it, it, it puts a knot in our stomach a little bit. Something's just not right about it. Now, I remember you were breaking down uh, a patent number which ties to crypto. Could you get into that a little bit? Yeah. In 2016, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, said that within 10 years, by 2026, um, every single human being on the planet will be tagged with a digital identifier. It's, it's, on a, uh, it's an unknown, uh, hold on, my daughter's calling me. I'm on, I'm on the phone, okay? Come, you can sit with me. Sorry. Um, so he said that within 10 years, by 2026, um, every single human being on the planet will be tagged with a digital identifier. The question is, First of all, why? But even besides that, how? How do you get 7 billion people to agree on something? Um, so there's a patent that was um, approved by the United States, August 31st, 2021. I can give you the patent number at a later, later point. I don't have it in front of me. But um, it describes what's actually inside these vaccines already. Okay. Um, before people consider me a conspiracy theorist, I'm a conspiracy realist. Um, I challenge anyone to review the patent and debate me. 
to debate me because no one for a year I've been saying that no one has. Um, but the patent describes biometric um, capabilities measuring sensors in these vaccines. In other words, it can measure your heart rate, your respiratory rate, and your temperature. But more importantly, it could transmit that information with your location to a third party. That's wow. what, the, what the patent describes um, is in these vaccines. Now, even that is confusing because so what? Not that I approve, but what does that mean? So there's another patent. There's another patent. Uh, it's an international patent owned by Microsoft. And okay. this one I remember by heart. It's WO2020-060606. And this patent describes the linkage of biometric data transmission to cryptocurrency. Okay, um, you need a few more pieces to understand this. Um, if you look at the World Economic Forum's agenda, 2030, which is now the UN agenda for 2030, they describe two main points. America will no longer be a superpower and a few countries will rule globally. So my question is, how do you take the most powerful economy and military in the world, in history, and in a matter of a few years, have it lose its superpower status? And how about, I have a, I have a way, how about you lock down the country and uh, perpetrate the biggest theft of middle-class wealth in history by closing down over a million small businesses, then having the larger businesses, corporations, um, grab market share and have their valuations go up. That's one thing. How about you run up inflation to such a degree that it's impossible, uh, it's gonna completely devalue the American dollar to such a degree that this week, Saudi Arabia announced that it wants to transition from using the American dollar, petrodollars, to the Chinese cryptocurrency called the digital yuan. How about you have a, a deficit, a national deficit of over $30 trillion? But all that is manageable. What, what's really going to tip the scales is, according to the congressional data, Medicare will become insolvent and begin to go bankrupt by 2026. Wait, wait a minute. Isn't that the year that Klaus Schwab said that by 2026, every single individual will be tagged with a digital identifier? So you know the saying, don't let a good prices go to waste? That this economic destabilization is going to happen around 2026. If you remember 2008, the housing crisis bubble globalized within a week. What do you think is going to happen to the world economies when Medicare begins to go bankrupt? And there's going to be a huge economic turbulence. And that's going to be used as a pretext to transition um, the world economy into a global cryptocurrency that's going to be controlled by a few global party powers. Look, it's called the World Economic Forum for a reason. And so if you really want to know what's coming, you should look at China. China is a good uh, paradigm for what's next. See, in China, the CCP controls the central bank. The central bank issued a um, cryptocurrency called the digital yuan, like I mentioned earlier. Then the CCP made illegal all other cryptocurrencies. So now the only way to transact in China is through a government-controlled system. And then they linked the social, their social credit score system to the use of cryptocurrency, which means the following. They don't need gulags anymore to put a bullet in your head. All they need to do if they don't like you is to shut off your ability to transact, to buy stuff, and then you can't buy food for your family. Okay, 
that is exactly what's going to happen to the world. There's going to be a one world cryptocurrency. The infrastructure is already being laid in for it. And in order to participate in this cryptocurrency uh, system, you need to be a transmitter of biometric data. Now, so let me play out a scenario for you. So you want to buy bread, you go online, you, your local store, you order bread, then you need to pay for it. So you scan your hand. Now, forget about credit cards, Apple Pay or money, paper money. That all is going to go away. The only way to transact will be through a global cryptocurrency. And the only way to be able to use the system is if you're a transmitter of a biometric data, you become Apple Pay. And so it kind of sounds cool. And then a drone probably will deliver your bread. But there are a few problems with this. What if I don't want to be tagged with a digital identifier? What if I don't want my location to be known 24-7? What if I don't want my inner temperament, which we can figure out by your biometrics, known to other people? Well, then I won't be able to participate in the cryptocurrency-based system. So I won't be able to transact. I won't be able to buy food. I promise you there'll be a black market. But the point is, on a, on a, on a national scale, or internationally, we're going to be essentially enslaved. This is a control mechanism. What if the government doesn't like me? Believe me, they don't. What do you think they're going to do? Well, they're going to restrict my ability to find, to, to transact. So what we're witnessing is global enslavement. Slavery has always been the most lucrative um, commodity in the history of humanity. And it's no different now. And there's a few global sociopaths who want to literally enslave the rest of us. Wow. Well, I guess the knots that <clears throat> was in many of our stomachs about this whole cryptocurrency thing was uh, pretty much dead on. Um, it's pretty scary. And um, I'm just glad that you're you're sharing truth because, you know, many needs to hear it. God is truth and uh, truth shall set you free. <laughs> Before we go into Q&A, Dr. Zelenko, can you go into your Z stack? And I see that you have a detox, so uh, all the listeners can have a little bit of knowledge on that? Yeah, sure. So when I developed my treatment, it was based on the prescription drug hydroxychloroquine, as you know. But then it became impossible to get. I was in New York, and uh, the ghoul, ex-governor Cuomo, who killed 20,000 nursing home residents, issued an executive order on Mar March 27th, 2020. And pharmacies would no longer uh, dispense hydroxychloroquine. So I lost my ability to get zinc inside the cell. See, hydroxychloroquine fun functioned as a zin zinc delivery system. The analogy that everyone understands is a bullet and a gun, gun and bullet. The bullet is the zinc. It actually stops the virus from replicating. But the bullet cannot get into the cell where the virus is and the enzyme is without some help. It needs a delivery system. And that's where the zinc ionophore comes in. And hydroxychloroquine was the one I knew about at that time. But then it got restricted. So the saying is, you don't go to war with the army you wish you had. You go to war with the army you do have. And so I, did, I lost my 50 caliber machine gun. So then I started doing research again. And on the NIH server of all places, I discovered something called quercetin. Now, I didn't really know what quercetin was, but the paper was saying that it's a zinc delivery system. So I Google it, and I see it's a derivative of onion pe onions and apple peels. But more importantly, it was over-the-counter. 
And so I leaned back. I remember that moment. I, I literally am getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. And I said to myself, oh, I just discovered the cure to tyranny. This is only two reasons why people die from COVID. It's the moronic doctor that practices malpractices and delays treatment and lets lung complications and blood clots begin. Or it's the tyrannical government that obstructs access to life-saving medication. Besides those two reasons, there's no reason to die from COVID. But timing is everything. And, and I knew that we need to treat patients within the first few days. So I open sourced all this information and I started recommending for people to use quercetin uh, with vitamin C. Uh, it needs vitamin C to work. Uh, use zinc and vitamin D3. Um, these are, according to all peer-reviewed papers on the NIH, these all drugs upregulate your immune system and prevent um, viruses from replicating, RNA viruses. And I open sourced it. I sent it out to everyone, whoever I can reach. And the most common uh, response I got was, well, we can't find everything in one place, or even if we can, there's so many options. And what I realized, people couldn't put the puzzle together on their own in the right time frame. That was, a, that was a big problem because you only have a few days, first five days really of symptoms to make a tremendous impact. Afterwards, you can still help people, but it becomes much more difficult. And so uh, I was asked to put it in one pill to help people have access. And that's what I did. And that's how Z-Stack was born. So, but then when, this was even before the vaccines. But when the vaccines came out, and we started seeing these horrific side effects of blood clots causing heart attacks and strokes and uh, immune system dysregulation, either overactive or underactive, and people getting uh, opportunistic infections and uh, unusual cancers and autoimmune diseases. So I realized that uh, these vaccines are damaging the immune system and causing blood clots. So I, I felt that we, we needed a stronger weapon. You know, I, I still prefer hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, honestly, if you can get it. But if, if you can't get it, so I had quercetin, which is a 22 caliber pistol, but I, I really wanted something stronger. So I, I did more research and I found something called EGCG, which is over the counter and it's a green tea extract. But more importantly, it's a zinc delivery system, probably twice as strong as quercetin. So I consider it a 308 sniper rifle. You see, I like military analogies because it actually helps to express the concepts. Anyway, so um, so I, I switched from quercetin to EGCG. I upped the dose of zinc, because that's the bullets. And then I included something called NAC, N-acetylcysteine, which has been, it's over the counter, and it's been shown to prevent blood clots. And so I consider Z-detox a higher level of treatment. Not everyone needs it. it. You know, it's always important to match the treatment to the patient, to the risk level of the patient. So the higher risk patients, the elderly, people with chronic medical problems, and unfortunately the vaccinated, which I categorize as very high risk, that's where Z-Detox gives them benefit. Now, according to the FDA, so I don't end up in jail, all I can say is that my products are nutritional supplements and immune boosters, which they are. <coughs> but I told you what the <coughs> I told you what the ingredients are and what they do. So, wow, thank you for sharing that. And anybody that's interested in Z Stack, 
type in CPN for the promo code, you'll get 5% off. And with that, I want to thank you again for joining us, Dr. Zelenko. Hopefully we can have you on again. And further to do, Tina, you can take over and start taking questions. And um, thank you again, Dr. Zelenko. I'm honored. Okay, um, my phone Hello? is kind of messing up. So my first person is Miss, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, my first person is Miss America. I just need to be able to find her. If you find her first, you can open her mic. Miss America, could you raise your hand so we can see you? There you go. You're up, Miss America. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Dr. Zelenko, thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor. Um, first of all, I want to take a moment and congratulate you because yesterday was your two-year anniversary for your letter to President Trump. Yeah. And I, I would appreciate your thoughts in regards to... It's not really shedding. It's more of a transmission. Um, how do we restore humanity? And I would love to hear your thoughts on your motherland and the goings on over there. Thank you. Uh, shedding, you mean the, the spike protein shedding? Is that what you're referring to? Correct. There seems to be some sort of transmission between those that have taken what's in the vials and people that haven't. Sure, so anyone who got injected with uh, this liquid becomes a, every cell in their body essentially becomes a spike protein factory, making trillions, probably hundreds of trillions of uh, spikes. And so it goes into every cell essentially. So any cells that your body kind of sheds like your skin, like body fluids, like um, when you breathe. Um, any of those literally can contain the spikes. Now, before people freak out, that phenomenon is pretty short-lived. And I mean, around three months, um, with after three months of the injection, it seems to become less of a problem. Um, however, there are two groups of people that are particularly sensitive to the, the shedding. One is people that have a blood clot uh, predisposition, meaning uh, they're prone to making blood clots. Well, why would we want to give them spikes, which cause blood clots, right? So those are vulnerable patients. And the other is pregnant women, unfortunately, very sensitive to the, the uterine uh, blood flow is very sensitive to blood clots. And so um, we want to keep pregnant women away from shedders. But other than that, it does mess up also the menstrual cycle for a lot of women. But other than that, it, it's really not shown to be a big problem, um, in my opinion. What was the second question? How do we move forward? You have eight beautiful human souls yourself. How do we move forward in society where we're almost, you know, divided in a way. It seems like, you know, I, I don't want to put a label on it, but it seems like there's going to be a sick generation that we are here to help. How do we help those people? 
first of all, I'm very optimistic about the future. I see, um, I'm going to get a little theological here, but I, I do see uh, the world being filled with the knowledge of God, like the water covers the seas coming. Uh, the only variable is the body count, unfortunately. And, and I'll be blunt. I, I believe we're on the verge of a messianic redemption. Uh, before we start getting into religious debates, I'll, here's my disclaimer. I don't care if it's the first, second, third, or fourth coming. I just want him to come, and we'll work out the details later. But I think we need a supernatural intervention. And I don't really see um, a natural way out of this. The Goliath here is so entrenched and wealthy and powerful and controls media and politics, academia, industry, that um, we really need a, a supernatural intervention. But those aren't free. And we have to pay a price for that, in my opinion. And the price is the reconciliation. We need to meet a certain critical mass of human hearts reconciling their relationships with God. Because unfortunately, if you look at our society, even globally, what we've turned into is Sodom and Gomorrah. We, uh, we desecrate life through the murder of the unborn, and actually now the born. Uh, according to that ex-governor from Virginia, he wants to give parents 28 days to decide whether or not their newborn should live. Um, practicing infanticide. We have desecrated marriage, the sanctity of marriage. We have desecrated gender. We've normalized debauchery and immorality as part of our education in our um, schools. You know, I recently read about, it's not a joke, that a transvestite came to school dressed in drag to read uh, stories to six-year-olds. So this type of stuff, listen, people can live the way they want. It's, that's their prerogative. But don't come and affect my children and indoctrinate them in a value structure that I don't agree with. And so what's happened uh, as an outbranching of uh, two parents working uh, the outcome is that children are being raised with the state, with with immorality, essentially. The godly values upon which this country was built upon have been uh, destroyed. And so I, I believe, first of all, we should take our children out of public schools, um, out of physical and spiritual harm, and homeschool them or create our own schools or get together with like-minded parents and uh, give them give our children a moral basis for life. But... I really think that this is a every this is a opportunity from God because every single human being right now is being given a choice. The choice is the following: Who are you going to bow down to? Are you going to bow down to your Creator, who makes you anew every instant of time out of love? Are you going to ask your Creator for the strength to deal with the unknown and the fears this crazy world has? Or are you going to let the fear take you away from the worship of the one God and cause you to have a cultish codependency on sociopathic oligarchs and corrupt governments? Because that's the binary choice. And you can't set this one out, by the way, because not choosing automatically puts you in the unfortunate camp. 
So I, I think that every human being right now is being given an opportunity to reconcile, to give up false gods, God of science, God of technology, God of power, the God of money, God of fame, the God of lust, and um, you know, reconnect with your creator. And if you do so, this I approach life, by the way, um, you have a much better uh, chance of survival than if you rely on Bill Gates. Your third question was about the Ukraine and Russia crisis. Uh, I was born in Kiev in um, Soviet Union, 1973. My parents came to America in 1978. And by the way, yesterday was 44 years anniversary of me coming to America. I was four. And so, you know, my parents left leaving tyranny. I mean, I, I can tell you a lot of stories. We very much know what it means to have our civil liberties. I don't really remember it, but uh, my parents uh, eroded and, and not allowed to uh, practice your faith and just living in a godless society. And we thought that coming to America would, would be liberating or we we're looking for freedom, a better life. Unfortunately, and initially it was actually, I would say, but unfortunately the reality is that there was this underlying cancer brewing that was laid many generations back that is undermining the very foundations of our country. And it's this uh, ideology of the enemy the enemy here is the primordial serpent, but he expresses himself through uh, socialist Marxist ideology. And so anyway, my point is I, we, I left Russia, but obviously uh, Kiev, Ukraine, at that time, by the way, everything was Russia, the Soviet Union. Now there's Ukraine, there's Russia, all these different republics. Um, and I have relatives on both sides. And let me, let me put it, the truth is never the way it seems. Um, if I want a little truth, I just listen to CNN and believe the opposite. And Putin essentially cured COVID, right? Because for two years, that's all we heard about. And then overnight, literally overnight, in a very coordinated and orchestrated fashion, the world media stops talking about COVID and starts talking about Putin, Russia bad, Ukraine good. Uh, they're both bad. But um, I don't believe especially what I've seen through the media, knowing how it's just a puppet for the globalist degenerates that are trying to enslave us. So I don't really believe what the media says, but I have facts on the ground. And there's a lot of blame to go around uh, on both sides. But I really believe that the biggest culprit here is the United States. I think they've purposely, we have purposely poked the Russian bear to cause them to get very pissed off because uh, having NATO encroach the, into Ukraine and go to the closer to Russia is analogous to the Cuban Missile Crisis. We would tolerate missiles on our on our shore or next so close to us. So uh, geopolitically, it's understandable why Russia got pissed off. I get it. Believe me, Russia is not. Uh, there are no saints here, and I, I know the nature of Putin and, and so on. But how about the bio labs we put uh, to create weapons in, in the Ukraine? And who, who knows uh, the connections of the Ukraine with the Biden administration, for obvious reasons. So um, my, 
I hope that innocent people don't die. And that's all I can tell you. Um, and by the way, please don't confuse me with Vladimir Zelensky. I'm Vladimir Zelenko. I'm, I literally get texts, people thinking that I'm the president of Ukraine. I didn't do it, okay? So, um, I mean, it. <laughs> it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Um, that's my, I, I have my personal inclinations about things, but I prefer not to say because I'm a medical doctor. I'm trying to save life and not cause, um, in a different setting I would, but uh, I don't want to cause unnecessary derision uh, and create obstacles to medical care. So I, I, I really do try to focus on things that unite us. The one God, the fact that we're made in the image of the divine, how we're obligated really to look after each other and love each other. And by doing so, we show our love for God because we perceive the sanctity, the divine spark in everyone. Um, there's enough forces here that are trying to divide us uh, and make us go into chaos. Um, I'm really trying to create order within the chaos. And by doing that, uh, it requires really a supernatural focus because um, it's really our, we all come from the same source. You know, I'll tell you, I'll end with this. My uh, four-year-old daughter, she's not 15, but when she was four, she came to me, she says to me, Daddy, you're my brother. Said, uh, what does that mean? So she said, well, God is my father and he's your father. So that makes you my brother, doesn't it? And she really, it was a very logical, actually, analysis, I would say, for a four-year-old. But in reality, she's right. We are brothers and sisters. And so um, I believe the unity of God is best expressed through the loving unity of humanity. I'll end with that. God bless you, Dr. Zelenko. God bless you. Okay, Henry Green. Henry Green, do you have a question? Okay, Rosalind Police. Polisi, if you're still on here, can you raise your hand? Tina, may I next, please? Actually, we got to stay in order. No, we're calling on people in order. Rosalind Polisi, if you're still in here, raise your hand. We can move on. To okay, next, next is... Next is Allison G. Could you raise your hand? Some of these I think got kicked out and I'm not finding them. April Bostic. April Bostic, if you're on here, raise your hand. Oathkeeper, you're next. Thank you. I appreciate the time. I know it's very valuable nowadays. <clears throat> and of course, doctor, thank you so much. Um, not enough thank yous can be given. Um, I just want to say thank you for this platform. It, this platform has been a blessing to myself. And uh, <clears throat> uh, you get a little emotional at times with certain things. My two boys are in the military. I was prior military and 
my boys knew that I was against the Jabiru or whatever, and uh, both my boys got them so that they can stay in the military. They said, Dad, who's going to help President Trump? And I, it, as young as they are and, you know, the patriotism and everything, but it was still difficult for me to accept. It still is. Um, question in respect to uh, the pandemic. Before you go on, I'm going to give you some hope. Within years, God willing, there's technology that's going to come out that will burst the major complication of these shots, which is immune system back to normal. And so the key is to kind of make it hold out until that technology is available. Yes, sir. Uh, the boys are doing well. They, I got the, I got with Doctor Artis, and uh, he's amazing. He he, he uh, spoke with um, Doctor Rudy. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, and, and sent me some type of supplements to tell my boys to get, and that was very appreciative. Um, a question of the pandemic, right? I talked to some of the folks who are still sleeping, and I'm like, you are now the pandemic. You. I mean, I understand Ukraine. I understand there's folks that are hurting and dying, whatever, but they're not taking the time to learn what's going on with the children, with the, the bio labs. And, you, you know, I know you know all of what's going on. Um, so these folks, they will go and have their child injected at six years old and do it willy nilly. But somebody in Ukraine who <laughs> they don't even learn that. Um, with the Nazi flag on their, you know, whatever, they, they're basically saying, uh, please save them. I don't know what your thoughts are. I just, it's on my well, mind. I just wanted to share it. I don't know if you know, uh, I tend not to mince my words. So I'll say the following. Anyone who takes their children and gets them vaccinated is a mass murderer or murderer, in my opinion, at this point, for sure. And the reason why I say that is the following. According to the CDC, 99.998% of children 18 and under, healthy children, recover from COVID with no treatment. I'll say it again. 99.998% of children recover from COVID with no treatment. According to Dr. Michael Yaden, the former VP of Pfizer, the vaccines are 100 times more lethal to children than COVID. So there's a term for that. It's called child sacrifice. And so, um, you know, let me give you an example. Let's say you come to my office with a runny nose and I cut your hand off. Well, that doesn't make sense. I do know how to cut a hand off, but, but you have a runny nose. Why should I do that? The term is called medical necessity. It would be medically unnecessary for me to cut your hand off because you have a runny nose. It's a silly example, but I'm trying to illustrate a point. Why would I inject a liquid that has been shown to cause blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, myocarditis, miscarriages, infertility, increases in cancer rates, increases in autoimmune diseases, uh, the most horrific neurological diseases, um, into a demographic, a group, let's say children, who have no risk from COVID. 
Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate your time. God bless you. God bless you. Archangel Michael. Hi, Dr. Zelenko. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for um, this talk. I appreciate their time. Um, <clears throat> at this time, uh, I don't have a say in my son's health. Uh, it's circumstances between his mother and I. Um, he's five. He goes to a Hebrew school. I'm concerned that the Jewish community here is being silent and or short-sighted to what's happening. There's a rabbi that I'm friends with. I meet with him on a regular basis. He works at a local synagogue that's quite a large synagogue here. Uh, the synagogue has stopped him from writing my son and I exemption letters based on the New York rabbinical court ruling. Um, I'm concerned that even though many of the leaders here may internally be brave themselves with their own families and not take risks for themselves that uh you know people are staying silent based on social and work related pressures in the same way that my rabbi isn't able to write me an exemption letter because the synagogue is saying no they're not willing to support it meeting with another rabbi that is the head of a different synagogue you know, he'll tell me privately that he wouldn't get his own children vaccinated, but he's not going to do anything to really help uh, spread the message. So I just wanted to know what you feel like I can do to help my local community in a positive way. So what I'm about to say is relevant to all religions, but I would never criticize them on my role. But I'll criticize my own. Of the Jewish rabbinic leadership of prostitutes and whores that have sold out their people. Um, there was a school in Brooklyn that was offering $1,000 to parents to immunize each child because they were getting incentives. All the schools, by the way. Why do you think they're pushing it? Because they're getting incentives. Once you meet a certain threshold of percentage immunized, uh, you get a tremendous federal grant from the Biden um whatever it's called, the, the package that he put together to encourage uh, America to get vaccinated. And so it was a school that was offering this money. So I wrote an open letter <clears throat> which said the following. It was a girl's school <coughs> for the parents. But I suggest that you prostitute your daughters for uh, reasons. One is it's more lucrative. And two, it's safe. The next day, they stopped their program. But what I've seen, um, you know, you have to show a vaccine passport to go, or your children will be expelled if you don't. Uh, so my answer is stop going to synagogue and get expelled. Why sacrifice your children? You know, Judaism preaches against child sacrifice. That's exactly what they're advocating for. So I've seen this cancer infect um my people very painful and um you know uh, but this is not a pretext for anti-semites to by the way uh jump on this and use my words to further the hate agenda because I, we have a very big gun for you too but i'm being at least intellectually honest and in saying what i see going on in my people and i want to uh, and i'm saying this out of love for my people and so what you said is unfortunately ubiquitous. I've seen it everywhere. Um, my heart breaks when I st hear stories like this. 
And it's the same thing with doctors, by the way. I know doctors that would never take the vaccine and have a private stash of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for themselves and their families. But when it comes to their patients, they advocate the vaccines and, and don't give the life-saving medications because they don't want to lose their jobs or, or licenses or they don't want to cause their trouble. So the people die. They're just following orders, right? I mean, I would, I would, uh, I would really suggest for when the dust settles, that military, military tribunals and put all these people in the media, uh, all these school administrators, all these doctors, um, amongst, of course, the politicians and the real ringleaders here, on trial. And if they're um, if uh, found guilty, they should be executed. Robert G, you're next. Robert G. NJ Tarbender. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a blessing to meet you. I've followed your protocols. I've studied your your information. Uh, I My passion is holistic in health and food and nutrition. It is my walk. It is my, my gift that I try to help everyone with. My question was, the interaction with... Um, calcium and magnesium in the body, like the interaction with zinc and copper in the body, adding zinc as a protocol, would it possibly cause a copper deficiency? Yeah, so a lot of people ask that question. Theory, yes. Um, however, here's the reality. Uh, more than 50% of humanity and the dosing that I'm recommending uh, you know, the South Koreans were using 300 milligrams. I'm recommending between 25 and 50. And I do recommend the blood test once in a while to check your copper levels. Um, I have seen zero co copper depletion. And, you know, we've treated thousands of patients. So I don't. I think that's more of a theoretical problem than at the dosing that I'm recommending than a, than a real clinical issue. Well, thank you very much, because I just wanted to get clarity on it. Um, I appreciate uh, when you first came on and what you said a minute ago about uh, Nuremberg. Bless you. Yes, they should be held accountable. Bless you. Thank you. Robert G., I'm going to try you again. Unmute your blue button in the middle if you have a question. Okay. Tell Fireman. Tall Fireman. Unmute your blue button in the lower part of your screen. CJ. Hi, Dr. Zelenko. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. I'm a registered nurse of 37 years. I did wind up in the hospital with the Delta. Um, I was treated with remdesivir, which practically almost killed me. Uh, 
I just want to know your take on the remdesivir. I have been on supplements ever since I came home from the hospital. I did develop peripheral neuropathy in all four extremities from the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, like I said, I've been on uh, supplements since I came home from the hospital. That was August 31st last year. So, first of all, um, thank God you're alive. Not everyone with took remdesivir had that privilege. Um, remdesivir, which are now um, getting an emergency use authorization to bring it out of the hospitals and to administer it to six-month-olds in the outpatient setting, is a weapon of death. By the way, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> and if you look at, uh, actually, the emergency authorization application, the, the one drug that they recommend not using with remdesivir is hydroxychloroquine because it reverses the effects of, hydro- of remdesivir. You can take that for whatever it's worth. Um, according to the package insert for remdesivir, 23% of people that take it get liver dysfunction, 15% get kidney dysfunction, 6% develop atrial fibrillation, because as you know, uh, unfortunate heart rhythm that can cause strokes. So it's bad stuff. And the only reason why they got an emergency use authorization, that, you know, it was an Ebola drug that got repurposed. It was an Ebola drug that never worked. that got repurposed. And it was made by Gilead Pharmaceuticals. And there were four studies that gave it, um, at the time that Remdesivir got the emergency use authorization. Three of them showed no difference, no effect, no, no, not helping. And then one study showed a reduction in hospitalization from 15 to 10 days on average, um, which I'm not knocking. I mean, it's better than being in the hospital longer. That's okay. Um, but no survival benefit. Now, Remdesivir got its $3 billion contract from the government right after hydroxychloroquine's emergency use authorization was revoked through a, a Lancet paper that was uh, said that hydroxychloroquine kills people. Only part problem with that paper was fraud and had to be retracted for fraud. And then the government still used it as a basis to take away a drug that was showing 84% reduction, reduction hospitalization and death and gave it to remdesivir. Now, I don't know if you just caught what I said, out of a million dead Americans, which we just passed that threshold, out of a million dead Americans, we could have kept 850,000 out of the hospital. I agree. I agree. And I did suffer some liver damage. Um, My lab work was having the symptoms, but I didn't pick up on it right away. Once I saw my lab results, I was like, son of a gun. But I'm on supplements. Um, which I know that it's reversing. I haven't had some new labs done yet, but I'm no longer having the nausea, no longer having the vomiting, no longer having the abdominal pain. Well, thank God, and I pray that you get better. Um, And thanks for the question, because uh, hopefully uh, this may discourage others from taking it. I hope nobody takes it. You know, they wanted to put me on the vent. I said, no way. 
I said, either I'm walking out of this hospital or God's taking me home. Thank you, CJ. For the win. Thank you. For the win, you're next. Just uh, so you know, I just have another five minutes. Hey, Dr. Zelenka. Thanks for coming on here tonight. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know 5% off for the Z-Stack formula. Use promo code CPN at checkout. Anyways, Dr. Zelenko, uh, what do you think on the future um, for folks that got double jabbed, triple jabbed, the threat of mortality on their lives over the next five, 10 years? Um, okay. There's a few variables here, which we need to understand. One is not everyone got the same thing. And that we figured out when Pfizer and Moderna's uh, records got hacked and they were released, we saw that different lots of vaccine, sort of, I call it a poison death liquid, um, had different contents. So you would think, right, one of the jobs of the FDA is to make sure that there's uniformity in what people are getting. So someone in Idaho gets the same thing as someone in New York. But it's not the case. And so we saw some lots having a 50x or 5,000% increase in mortality. In other words, if one vial would kill one person, other vials would kill 50. Um, that's horrific, but in this context, maybe a blessing also. Because that means that not everyone got the lethal stuff. So it's very hard for me to give you a uniform answer with the fact that not everyone got the same thing. So that's one thing that we need to understand. Number two, knowledge, medicine is dynamic, it's kinetic. It constantly changes, we constantly get new information. And so even though some things may not look so good now, we uh, there's always a hope that other things uh, will come up that we don't know about. But what I'm telling you now, it kind of sits in that category, most people don't realize it yet, is that within three years, we're gonna have a uh, clinical approach that reboots the immune system. And that should mitigate or fix um, AIDS, basically, because this vaccine induces AIDS. It will uh, fix the destruction of the immune system. Um, there are mitigation strategies now that you can use to reduce the risk of blood clots, like I mentioned earlier, and also help with immune system dysregulation. Uh, there are some things, the genetic, the alteration of the genetic code, you know, when we say we're made in the image of God, what does that really mean? It means that God imprinted his himself or his wisdom into our genetic code. It's our private code. And there's evidence that these vaccines contain gene editing. Well, no. listen to the people that made them say it. Klaus Schwab and uh, Bill Gates both said that these vaccines have gene editing. They change who you are by having gene editing technology. Uh, for the scientists in the crowd, they, Look up a mRNA platform for delivery of 
CRISPR-Cas9 technology. But anyway, so what, what that is, is essentially it contains uh, this capability to cut and paste into uh, fragments of your genetic code. I don't know of a way to fix that, except prayer. Because I would just pray to God that, say that uh, I know we were, we are made in the image of God. Maybe I did something that uh, altered that. And please let me repent and reconcile with you. Because that's what I want. Because, you know, repentance and God's mercy is, is uh, uh, believe me, your sins are not that big or my sins that God can't forgive them. And so um, that's not a medical answer, but I really do think that the spiritual theological approach here is very, very important because essentially this has been a war against God or God consciousness in society. You know, these degenerates, you know, all tyrannical regimes try to remove faith in houses of worship from society. Because if I bow down to God, I'm not going to bow down to them. And they know, they know that they're not stupid. You know, being evil doesn't mean you're stupid. And so they're very astute and they know uh, human psychology. So um, the response to counter that is is exactly the opposite is to strengthen your faith in god beseech the creator for the strength to deal with the chaos of the world i, I see it i know i know it's hard but um and i'm talking to myself now by the way not to you uh, i struggle with this also every day it's a war it's a war to keep uh, be mindful of the creator all the time there's a lot of things that are distracting but um that's the best answer i have for you humble Thank if you, sir. you could do it Humble, if you could do a quick question, then maybe we'll have time for Kelly. Um, he will know when to stop it, but we will have a chat time after that for everybody that wants to hang around. Humble. Kelly. Hey, how are you, Dr. Lizink? Oh, sorry, I got a little nervous. I've been watching you. Um, I even saw you on Sue Peters and everything. I had a few questions, but I'll keep it to one. Um, can you elaborate? You're bringing up technology. Are you talking about med beds? Or, um, I know you brought it up twice. What do you mean in um, three years? Like, Will that heal everything? Like, uh, I broke my leg uh, 20 years ago, and um, I swear it cracked like an 80-year-old lady. I have, you know, I mean, I'm 40, so I'm pretty healthy, but, I mean, we all have our own issues. Can you just quickly get a little more details? Because that's exciting for us. We've yeah. heard about bits and pieces. Thank you, and I appreciate you. I'll keep watching you on different channels. Keep up the great work. God bless you. I love the message you give. I just want to say that real quick, too. The message that you bring with God, you don't hear that very often with doctors. I can go on and on. My mom had blood clots in the hospital. Um, I hope you come on again because I had a couple more questions. So thank you. I've been watching you for a long, long time. So thank you. You're welcome. God Back bless. to you, Mike. No, no. Hold I, on, I, I had that question. Thank you. I didn't answer the question, though. No? Yeah, uh, thanks. 120 years ago, there was a Dr. Cooley. He was a cancer surgeon, oncological surgeon. And uh, most of the patients he would operate on uh, would eventually have recurrent disease and, and die. He had one patient 
um, who had end-stage terminal pancreatic cancer, inoperable. And that patient got an infection and became septic and almost died, but he didn't die. And after he recovered, his cancer was, went away. So Dr. Cooley realized, by the way, this information was buried by Rockefeller and uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Um, anyway, so Dr. Cooley realized that something in the immune re response to his infection, and God gave us an immune system. So when the immune system responded to his infection, something in that response also killed the cancer. That was the really the birth of the concept of immunotherapy. Unlike chemotherapy, which we send either targeted missiles or carpet bomb to cancer, um, which has a lot of damage. Um, this is something else. This is trying to awake within your immune system the innate ability to actually kill the cancer. And so there are two components to here. Um, you know, I have cancer myself, and I actually, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, not a good case, but I went to Europe for immunotherapy because they weren't doing it in America. And one aspect of it was uh, hyperthermia. They found that fever itself, if, if you look at most cancer patients, haven't had a significant fever within five years prior to getting cancer. So it seems that something in the fever response itself um, creates an environment that's unpleasant for cancer. And so I went to Europe to get uh, what's called hyperthermia therapy, both whole body and then focused. And then this crazy interleukin IV drip that, I mean, I had like 104 fever for six hours. I mean, I don't need mushrooms for that. <laughs> I was hallucinating. But anyway, so, uh, and then, so that's one aspect of it. Then there, there are substances that are being developed that by injecting them, wake up the immune system's cancer-killing ability. I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's proprietary. There's a lot of research. Um, it's in finishing up stage two trials. So I do think that, uh, and it's very, very promising. So I think that uh, good stuff is coming in the future. And uh, I mean, I can't be 100% sure, but uh, it seems that way. So that's my answer to your question. No, I appreciate it. And thank you. And I'll pass it on to Mike Tina. And thanks again, Dr. Zelenko. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Um, stay in touch and hopefully we can bring you on again. And one thing I'd like to tell you is we had Dr. Kevin Connors on. He is a Christian doctor out of Minnesota and he has, so a customer I delivered to her daughter had stage four cancer and she's telling me the story and I had many of my family die from cancer and I'm like, ooh, wee. And I'm like, is your daughter still alive? Like my uncle recently, you know, passed and she's, oh yeah, my daughter's alive. 
And I'm like, whoa, like stage four, like that's usually we know what happens with stage four and she's five years cancer free. And uh, he has the Royal Rife machine and she sleeps next to the light frequency device and it's killing the cancer cells in her body. I thought that I'll pass that on to you. I'm not sure if you knew about the Royal Rife machine, but I Dr. Look into it. Dr. Kevin Carnes, he's got a lot of testimonies. And in Kenosha, Wisconsin, there's a newspaper, art, newspaper article of another woman that he's cured as well. He won't he won't say cure, you know, that's the lingo with doctors, but it's it's it does a good deal. So I just thought I'd pass that on to you. Thank you very much. Thank and you. I'm going to say uh, good night and God bless all of you. And thanks God. for the opportunity to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Yeah.